I am um, a couple of the speakers have made mention of the fact that none of us are different. You guys heard a little bit of my when I shared about the sister to sister of where I've been in um, last year at this retreat I taught on the ministry power and um, baptism of the Holy Spirit and it was after that time of sharing with the ladies how to what it meant to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit that God took me through my dark time and uh, my heart hardened and um, my daughter got married in the midst of that because of the struggles that were going on in my heart that was a challenge for me um, and I, I um, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just going to share with you some of the things that God taught me about expectations um, during that time. And uh, I'm doing a Bible study with some wonderful high school and college girls at our church. We're going through why grace changes everything. And one of our scripture verses um, is not many wise. Help me, Elizabeth, because I'm a little nervous, so I'm forgetting. Not many wives um, among you um, are chosen, but God uses the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and the mighty things, or the weak things of the world to put to shame the mighty things. Okay. And I was walking through the room praying before our session. I said, God, I don't know why you choose me. And he reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, foolish things that I've been through. The unwise things that I've chosen have brought me through to a different place. <laughs> and um, unlocking others from expectations is the title. The reason I was chosen for this particular workshop, I was um, at our meeting for the retreat. And when Kathy mentioned expectations, we were trying to uh, we were brainstorming on ideas, and when it was mentioned, expectations, I said, that's the one I'm going to, because I knew that I <laughs> And she looks right at me in my eyes. I was sitting just, you know, catty corner to her, and she says, well, you're going to teach it. <laughs> and I said, and I was really, really sick that night. And I wasn't going to volunteer for anything. I was just going to the meeting because I'd been excited about this retreat. And I said, uh, no, I, what I was saying is I need to go to that, that workshop. I need that workshop. And she goes, but you learn the most when you have to teach it. <laughs> so you submit to your leadership. <laughs> so I, you know, I want you to know that I have been the queen of expectations. And... Um, expectations in my life, part of them was born out of legalism, and, um, and God is setting me free. And so I just want to share with you a little bit about how to detect um, expectations that are unhealthy and 
My expectations um, began when my children were quite younger, before Elizabeth was even born. I have seven children. My oldest is 33. I have nine grandchildren. My oldest grandchild is 10. My youngest child is 12. So I have some overlapping in my life. The challenge is, is wonderful, but it's challenging. Um, my uh, expectations of my kids' behavior, their dress, their beliefs, their purity, um, was uh, heavy on them. And uh, it was born out of a desire to please the Lord. I want you to know that. Everything that I, that I did, I wanted my children, I wanted my life to exemplify Christ. Um, with my husband, it was, I wanted vision, I wanted communication, I wanted joy, positiveness, selflessness, romance, and um, in this past year, as my unmet expectations hit me like a rock, I stopped investing. I stopped investing in my marriage. I stopped investing as much in my home, um, and uh, I was hurting, and I hardened my heart, and I didn't think I needed to do this anymore. What made you do that? I don't want to do that. That's done. <laughs> um, I gave up. I, I just, I had, my expectations were not met, because I had expectations. That's what made me do it my heart and my heart. And um, uh, my expectations were not as much placed on friends, that mostly my family. And, um, so I'm, you know, my friends are probably very thankful for that. <laughs> but the result of that is strained relationship. And it strains your marriage, it strains your children, it strains it will strain your friendships. Um, and uh, expectations will kill a relationship. Uh, Ann Voskamp, in her book, A Thousand Gifts, kind of spoke at how I, on this side of things, I can see this is what was happening to me. She says, and I've known expectations as a disease silent killer heaping her burdens on the shoulders of a relationship until a soul bursts a pulmonary and dies. Expectations kill relationships, especially with God. And that's what a child doesn't have. This whole edifice of expectation. Without expectations, we can topple the surprising wonder of the moment. So when we have expectations, we can enjoy the moment. Expectation, to finish her quote, expectation is what inflates self, detonates anger, offends God, and extinguishes joy. Psalm 62, 1 and 2 and 5 through 8 says, Truly my soul silently waits for God, from him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. My soul 
So we're talking to the soul now. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. So what is an expectation? Something you want. That's good, yeah. The act of expecting or looking forward to a future event with at least some reason to believe the event will happen. Okay? In the Hebrew... This word, expectation, means this. It literally means accord, as in an attachment. And it comes from a root word that means to bind together. So when you form an attachment with someone, you, we can say, you know, I form an attachment when we have an, a relationship with someone. There's a close connection, isn't there? But when you form an expectation with someone, <coughs> you bind them to you. And when you bind them to you, <laughs> they have to go with you. just about bald <laughs> because I came face to face with what I had been doing. This is my daughter right here <laughs> to my children and to my husband and anybody else who got in the way of my expectations. I had expectations of churches and how things should be. This is the longest we've ever been in a church since we've moved to Idaho in 1991. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how many we've been in. I used to be ashamed God taught us lots of things in every one of those churches, but um, some, of, some of the moves we made were because of expectations. And um, uh, I'm so thankful for the grace of God and um, salvation. I have a question. Yes. 
the, the thing with your family, I'm, I'm only asking because I'm in the same boat, kind of. I've done the same thing. Are you guys over that now? Are you, have you moved past the expectations? Yeah, yeah and we have, have like the best relationship we've ever had. Now, what about with dad? Are you still doing that with dad? Or are you done with that part? We're still working on things. Good. You know, Good. 37 years of marriage, and you have a few things to work through. But the expectation part, that's done? I, it's, you know, it, I am, it's, it's, yeah, it, yeah. I have to still battle it. So what you made know, you? Because it's a fresh work. It's still okay, a fresh so work. I'm, I'm pretty raw here, you guys, so. Um, the reason I'm asking is because you just slapped all this in my face. And I'm seeing myself do this. I did this at home with two of my children. And, and Probably, maybe you and I can visit afterwards. Okay. Maybe that would be a good thing. Okay. We can play together. I'd like that. All right. Yeah. So, um, salvation in verse 1 through 6 of the psalm that I read, you know, where he repeats salvation. From him comes my salvation. He is my rock and my salvation. Uh, he only is my rock and my salvation. That word is derived from a root word that means to be open, to be wide, to be free. I let her go. Put my expectation away. She's free. Liberty. In verse 7, the word for salvation equals liberty. So that being wide and open and free. How is it that we feel like we can take the liberty that has been freely given to another? by the Lord, or bind ourselves up. When we have expectations sometimes on ourselves, sometimes we bind ourselves up with expectations upon our own, our own selves. When we are meant to be free in Christ, if we're in Christ. Um, I'm gonna go to, if you wanna read along with me in Acts 3, verses one through nine. You said in the New Testament where the word expectation or expecting is used. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, Walking and leaping and praising God. How many of us have sung that song? <laughs> we went walking and leaping and praising God. This man 
looked up at these many. He asked alms as they went by, and he looked up when they said, look at us. And he looked up expecting, what was he expecting? He was expecting money. What did he get? <laughs> he, didn't, he got the fact, the, the reality of not having to ever ask for alms again in his whole life because he was given the use of his vessel, his body. He was given back his life. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. You can put expectation on a person or upon a thing, and it may clink a coin in your cup. But Peter and John were vessels of the living God. Remember, he was at the gate, beautiful. He looked up at Peter and John. They were just men, but they weren't just men. They were full of the Holy Ghost and with Christ. And so when he, what they gave was what Christ will give to you when you look for him, to him, when your expectation is in him. And that is the key that I want to leave you with today, is lay aside your expectations that, that you think you deserve, because we don't deserve anything. <laughs> and, but God, in his rich mercy, abundantly will give above and beyond what you and Ephesians 3.20, um, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think or imagine according to the power that works in us. That person expected so little, but expected, and then got so much because it was God who was giving there's a story in, um, and I'm, I'm going to quote a few times. I, I may have another quote, I don't know, from Ann Voskamp. But this story I read in her Thousand Gifts as well, and it's about a day when her daughter asked her for her camera, and she gave her her camera to go take pictures. And her daughter, she said, was three and a half feet tall. And when her daughter was done, she said, Mommy, let's look at them now. And so they, they went clicking back through the camera, looking at the pictures. I'm thankful for digital photography. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, some of you maybe missed the whole era of, of film. You don't even know what it looks like. I don't know. But you're young enough. But um, it's a wonderful thing. And this little girl and her mama sat down and looked at these pictures. And her mom was amazed at the perspective of what she captured on film. And it was because she was low. <laughs> she was three and a half feet tall, and so instead of taking pictures from up here, she was taking pictures. So her perspective was totally different. And it says in, in her um, book, the secret to a child's language of laughter or joy, if you will. Their domain of delight is perspective. 
that all wonder and worship can only grow out of smallness. I had been puffed up, and God had to uh, come in and put a pinprick in my bellows. Let's think about water for a minute. If you've ever watched um, a brook, uh, a roaring bit of water creek, waterfall, water always looks for the lowest place. It's always going to the lower place. And if we flow and want to flow with the power and presence of our Lord Jesus, we must be like John the Baptist when he said he must he must increase, but I must decrease. We have to decrease um, in order to allow the Lord to, to be our expectation. Uh, pride is more often than not a root of expectation. I told you that legalism was um, a big part of my my expectations, but really the root of that legalism came from pride. First Peter 3, 1 through 4 says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging your hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of of God, For in this manner in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him the Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. There's a lot in that scripture we could go, you know, I, and part of my legalism was bound up in my clothing um, way back when, and I won't go into all of that, but <laughs> um, so I just want to say concerning that, let not your adornment be merely outward. God has made us beautiful women, and we can be beautiful, and it's okay to be beautiful, and it's okay, you know, but we don't want to be merely shells that we fix up. This is corruptible. I'm, you know, our bodies are going to sag and bag. And, <laughs> you know, we try and keep them lifted up, but, <laughs> you know, we're getting older. <laughs> Some of you are still young. But, <laughs> um, but the hidden person of the heart there, um, we can beautify that, and it is incorruptible, it says. That beauty is incorruptible. It's not going to wrinkle. It's not going to fade. The light's not going to go out. And that is the beauty of a meek and quiet spirit. 
And God says that it's very precious. It's his special treasure. So whether you're married or not in this room, that's irrelevant because all of us can cultivate a meek and quiet spirit. And it can speak, and it can be an adorning. It is, it's like um, uh, a wreath upon your head. I mean, think of, if you think of uh, the bride adorning herself, that's what God is talking about here. A bride doesn't wear her ordinary clothes. This isn't ordinary stuff. This is supernatural work that we allow God to say, okay, I'm going to pull in and I'm going to um, work on being gentle and I'm going to work on being quiet and allow God to work that in you as you put your expectation in him. Meek and quiet. Um, Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So, I, um, like I told you, I was um, kind of in a difficult place and I sought help. And I spent the last five and a half or so months with Debbie. And I had a lot of work to do, internal work. And um, the whole idea of expectations came up during that time in my, in my heart and mind. And so I, I had to begin to forgive myself as well as um, I, I had to deal with the unforgiveness in my heart towards some, and I had to allow the Lord to begin to put his finger and his light into my heart where I had continued to rope um, and bind and not allow for others to be free. And if you find yourself doing that, God has it. He's, he's got it. <laughs> I, I, have you ever, that, that saying, I got this one. <laughs> God's got this one. Whatever this one is, he's got it. And something can't be hurt in me if I don't expect that something to produce something for me. And um, I really don't know how to end other than to just pray. Um, and if anybody, other than, is it Melina? Other than Melina wants to talk or pray, um, I'd be happy to do that. Um, let go of expectations. When you free people, you free yourself. That's when I got free. And um, because you don't only bind the other person or persons, you bind yourself up and you're not free. So.
God, thank you that you are a redeeming God. You are a forgiving God. You never leave us or forsake us. You don't give up on us. You are relentless towards us. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that your loving kindness um, abounds towards us. I'm trying to grab a hold of that scripture that says that um, uh, perfect love casts out all fear. Fear is another factor there, Lord, in, in those expectations. And so God, I just ask that your perfect love would come upon each one of these women in the area. They came to this workshop um, for, I, I'm assuming most of them have an expectation or thought that they may have expectations in their own lives. And so I pray that you would uh, pinpoint those as you did in my life. And I know I probably am gonna continue to receive um, instruction in this area because it's an ongoing thing. And, God, I pray that you would help us to loose that cord of expectation and free ourselves and free those around us that we are uh, trying to love. <laughs> free us to love them. May you be glorified and may you continue to work in all of our lives throughout the rest of this weekend, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.